<laughs> so I was, yeah, I was getting ready to talk about Apollo 13, and I had nothing. Really? Yeah. Like Apollo 13, come on! I know it. Come on! How many times have we watched that? Well, and I think they just took it off Netflix again. Oh, it's not on Netflix anymore. Come on, Netflix. No, Punks. Apollo 13, great show. Should always be on. Yeah, should be a standby. But anyway, we were talking about Apollo 13 because our guest on episode 18 of Adventure Cast is Mr. Daily Stim himself. Chris Woods. Yep. And uh, his grandpa has a tie to that, which is pretty cool. We always try and pull that episode out for Veterans Day stuff as well. Um, but yeah, just talking about going back. If you watch that movie, they do math, not on a computer or a calculator or their cell phone. They do it by hand using a little thing called a slide rule. Check never understood. I still don't. I don't want to try it. Yes. But yes, math, that was cool. So I have no idea where I'm going. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> we do have a problem. But you had a problem lately too, though, at home. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> poor Nelly. Oh, my poor little pup pup. Yeah. I have a 13-year-old wiener dog, and we came home from a rodeo. Yep, we're from Kansas. Yeah, talk um, about having a problem. And we had a problem. I was changing my clothes, and my husband comes in, and, oh, I already changed my clothes. Edit. Anyways, um, my dog brings, my dog brings my husband in. That didn't happen either. <laughs> we're having serious problems. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> My husband, um, my wiener dog, 13 wiener dog, will only come through the front door. So the other dogs will come through the back door, but Nellie will only come through the front door. So Lindy had gone out to the front door, and he noticed there was something wrong with her nose at that time. And he thought, oh, my gosh, what in the world is going on? There's really something wrong with Nellie. Um, thought there was something physically wrong with her. So um, he carried, he grabs her, carries her in. Um brings her in and we evaluate her under the a better light because it was very dark and late at night and I see she has gotten um, involved with a porcupine while we were gone oh. and she's got quills up her nose, up her snail up the roof of her mouth all around her neck. My 13 year wiener dog has not actually hit a teenage rebellion and starting to wear spikes <laughs> in her nose and around her neck that is not the case. The picture you posted up, it's just like uh, painful. <laughs> you could just tell. She was she was a whipped little pup. So my husband, being the farmer that he is, uh, got his pliers out, and we did the best we could to pull them out, and she was such a good little patient. Oh. <laughs> and to this day, I still haven't seen a porcupine, but my dog has. <laughs> no, yeah, it just felt bad for her eyes. Jamie, how she's doing all the time. Oh, man. Just thinking about it today, I still feel bad for her. Oh, her eye. I think it's, I don't know if when the pain med wears off because she's got some medicine still in her because then she got eight teeth pulled out. She's had a rough week. Um, <laughs> Why they had her sedated, they, they pulled some teeth that were issues for her. Wow. Um, when they were looking. Rough. She has had a rough week. <laughs> Poor girl. And so I think when the pain medicine, she gets it once a day. I think when it starts to wear off at the end of the day that her 
her eyes just change and her little inner eyelid just starts showing more and I just like oh poor oh. little pup pup <laughs> my sweet little Nelly well because if you didn't already know porcupine quills this is a little science tidbit but porcupine quills are like fish hooks and they have barbs oh um, that actually grab and they're they don't just pull out nicely like a needle or something that's it's a little harsher than that ouch yeah no it just got worse yeah <laughs> worse now yeah <laughs> she was a good patient most dogs have to be sedated to have them pulled but she was pleading for help if you saw the picture you would see there's pleading in her eyes to help her yeah, I mean, my little girl felt really bad. <laughs> I showed it to her. She was just, oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got on that. Apollo 13. Yeah, Apollo 13 <laughs> turns into Friday the 13th for my dog. Yes. She looked like a, a something that would have been in Friday the 13th, the movie. <laughs> I mean, through her nostrils, you could see porcupine quills. Yes, it was bad. Yeah. You can just see what, right up her nostrils. Oh, man. <laughs> But and Jamie took the day off because, you know, Jamie, her animals. They're my babies. They're her thing. Yes. And I had to get her into the vet because I, although I thought we got all of the, the quills you taken out. One? Huh? You missed one? Well, that's what I was afraid of because she did have that one through the roof of her mouth oh. that went through her snout. Um, I was afraid that she'd gotten some in the back uh -huh. of her throat and that's why they had to sedate her. And I didn't know when the vet would actually get her in because they assured me that I got enough out that I shouldn't bring her in for an emergency call. But he said, bring her in first thing. And he actually, the vet called me off hours and said, at 730 in the morning Monday and said, Let, won't you bring her in at eight? And I said, okay. Well, I had to go back two times to get her because they ended up doing more than they thought. So <laughs> it took a majority of the day to manage it, but she's worth it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that's a little bit of our lives. Yeah, so if you need tidbits. Uh, oh, actually, you can see that picture. Uh, Calamity H. Calamity um, Jamie H. Calamity Jamie H, sorry, at Twitter. And you can see that picture of my poor sweet pup. Yes. Uh, grab a few tissues. It's, oh, man. It's still painful just thinking about it. And Jody said thing. she laughed when she first saw it. Uh, heartless, Jody. Like, what? My poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I suppose we ought to get to the show. Uh, let's let's talk to Chris, so then we can talk about things like his MythBusters guest, um, his grandpa that did some work for NASA, and how it's fifty four degrees where he's doing the podcast well, from. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't get to the show. We'll yeah, just don't in them. July. Fifty four degrees in July. Unheard of. We live in Central Kansas, though. <laughs> I guess that's our choice. It sounds like 54 in the office. It does, yes. <laughs> All right. Without further ado. Get to the show. We just had his 100th podcast. 100? Number 100. Wow, yes. and he's number 18 on ours. 
Uh, He's the veteran. <laughs> he should be interviewing us. He should be, yeah. But <laughs> we're doing him. Um, so from the STEM Everyday Podcast, we have on Twitter, he's at Daily STEM, but Mr. Chris Woods. Chris, how you doing? Hey there. I'm great. Great to be with you guys. Um, so fun to, to to be a guest on a show, not only it's just the uh, the host of a show. So Yeah, because well, I have a lot of questions for you. Rose All right. Well, I'm here. I'm, I'm 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 a teacher, so I, I love answering questions. So, all right. So for our audience who perhaps doesn't listen to STEM all the time, just regular education, they um, should if they don't. They should, yeah, they don't. I know. Uh, check out his podcast, but why don't you introduce yourself a little bit there, Chris? Well, yeah. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, like like Glenn and Jamie said, uh, I'm Chris Woods. I I teach high school math at Calumet High School in Calumet, Michigan. Uh, this is my 20th year. I'll be starting here pretty shortly. I, I love teaching math and kids I know don't always love math. And apparently some adults don't love math either. Uh, I raised my I, hand. I, <laughs> Jamie's raised her hand. Okay. So um, that's okay. Well, by the end of the podcast, maybe you'll love math more. So, uh, but I, but I quickly started telling my students right away. Uh, if you don't like math, I want you to at least enjoy this classroom. Uh, enjoy the learning um, not that not that everything's fun about math, but I try to find ways to make make that that education, uh, that math enjoyable. So so I started looking for resources and things everywhere, and and I share them with my students, uh, and and they kind of came into this category called STEM, and um, well then I said well I'm going to start a Twitter, and then uh, and then uh, somebody from SDAC said hey would you be willing to do a STEM podcast? And I said sure, and 100 episodes later uh, I I love. Uh, getting people to to come on the epi- on the STEM Everyday podcast and share their stories of how they're adding STEM to their everyday classroom and lives. So, is that a good enough history? That's good enough. All right. Now you mentioned you are a math guy. Yep. Did Were you, you always good at math? Yeah. Did you always see math as well? Because if you're not following Chris again at Daily STEM there on Twitter, um, it always has something to do with math, and you're always finding yeah. oddball stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm oddball. I should find oddball stuff. Um, but, but even something, you know, here as simple as like a Venn diagram, you know, you think of the two circles that overlap, um, a Venn diagram can say so much more. Uh, recently I saw a Venn diagram that had a whale, a whale and a shark and where they overlapped, they said, it said whale shark. You know, now that's not, that has nothing to do with math, but it was funny. And, uh, that little bit of humor, uh, and, and, combined with the idea of a Venn diagram. And, and that would help make sense to a little kid that maybe has, you know, never seen a Venn diagram before. Um, so yeah, oddball stuff. I, and yes, I've always liked math, but I've always liked English and reading and history. And, and, and I also look for those, those ways that intersect STEM with history and STEM with English. That's, I think, where, where that next generation of, of STEM education is really going to come to. So how has your classroom morphed in 20 years? Did you start out with your typical textbook, doing problems? You're going to do one through 20 right now, and then we're going to come back as a group and evaluate, and then you're going to do 21 through 35. You mean that's what all math classrooms look like? Well, that's what my bathroom <laughs> classroom looked like. Um, I would say that I've always had um, the sense that not every book question is a good math question. Um, they're like it or not, they're written by 
by math professors at colleges or textbook companies, and, and they don't teach my students in my classroom. So right from the beginning, I was always willing to, to say, we're only going to do these questions. And I'll even say to my students, oh, this is a lame question. Cross that one out. We're skipping that one. Um, and, and so even just my understanding uh, that those kids know, I mean, they, they, can, they, they doesn't pass a sniff test. Those kids know if that's a lame question or they, they really tried to make it apply to math when it really doesn't. So, so what do you do in your classroom? That's different. So, well, I mean, I still do, do the same kind of things where we go over the homework from the previous day. I show them a new idea. Um, and then we, then we start working on those, those next questions to, to, to reinforce that, that new topic. Um, I guess maybe what makes my, my classroom distinctive and what my students like best about it is that I always um, uh, help them through whatever they're stuck on. I always tell them, if there's anything you get stuck on at home, don't spend too long on it. Try them, give them an effort, but come back in and we'll talk about them. I, and I always add a question, at least one, that, that is so tricky that they don't know what to do. Um, just to push some of those really challenge, you know, those kids that are that are a little above and beyond. Um, and then I, I really try, especially now with technology, um, where where you can have videos, examples, and things like that. And I made a whole iBook of 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 videos and, and stuff of my class um, for my students. So I don't have to do as many examples in class. You know, I can I can just do one or two examples instead of four or five. You know, some years ago. And, and that gives us more time to work in class. And, and those kids really benefit from more time to work in class. And I think that's probably the number one um, big difference between now and 20 years ago. So are you a textbook user or are you just like a, hey, let's figure this out? Or, Look, I saw this math problem on yeah. my way to work. Well, I, I always I always point out the uh, the real story problems that I find. Um, in fact, sometimes I'll even video myself and, and record myself explaining a math question. I'll show up to my students. Um, but uh, I have a, a math book that I that I wrote myself. You know, I, I modeled it. Algebra one's pretty standard, so I I kind of modeled it after you know other math uh, stuff. But I, I wrote all my own worksheets, made all my own example problems. Um, videos of each lesson because um, because that's that's the other great thing about today we can make things so personal for students um, and, and give them really what we know that our kids need so speaking about making things personal a project that we saw you doing on twitter and we, yep. we jumped on it oh we did <laughs> yes, we we, did. we actually <laughs> ran over to to walmart and got was it four different kinds of Oreos just I, to see? Because you were challenged to, if, is a double stuff really a double stuff? Yes. Yeah. Talking about Oreos. So, yeah. is, I mean, is this a, a common theme in your, your classroom as well? Doing like the double um, stuff Oreo thing, comparing the, the regular. <laughs> right. Or, right. Well, we were, we were doing ratios and, you know, I think I just brought up the idea that, you know, double stuff and, and that's a ratio. Right. And so I was like, well, what if we, what if we tried them? You know, and so I brought in some Oreos the next day and, and I, and I didn't, I didn't even pass out like a worksheet or a, a lab sheet or something, you know, fancy made. I just said, here's some Oreos, try to, try to figure it out. What's, is the ratio really double stuff? Um, and I'll do that frequently out in, in geometry. I showed my kids a picture one day of, of uh, a, a floor tiled with pennies and, and I, 
and I said, you know, wouldn't that be cool? Because we were talking about what what shapes, what polygons, tile actually fit together tightly. You know, kind of like tessellations and stuff. And I said, okay, well, look back at up. What is that word you just used? <laughs> tessellations. Yeah. Um, so tessellations are those those funny drawings. Sometimes you see M. C. Escher was kind of like the 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 one well known math artist. Um, where the one shape fits together with another shape fits together, and it's multiple copies of the same shape. So, um, just I look up tessellation today. You, that's awesome. Um, they're they're a great uh, common. Anytime a teacher says, "Hey, let's add some art to math class," it's it's almost always tessellation. So, so I'm I'm showing my kids these these pictures of of people who tile the bathroom with pennies, and they're like, "Wouldn't that be so expensive, Mr. Woods?" And I was like, "Well, would it?" They're like, well, oh. I don't know. So, so the next day, I brought in a, you know, I sorted out all the pennies from the from the coin jar at home and brought them in, and I gave them all a handful of pennies. I said, "Well, figure out how much it would take to to tile an eight by ten bathroom." And they figured it out. And they all came up with a different way to do it, which was also really cool. Well, there's not just one way to learn that. Yeah, really. There's different no. answers. <laughs> well, no, there weren't different answers, but there's just- different ways to figure it out. Uh, and none of them right. were wrong. That's what I meant. Yeah. Unless they got the yeah. wrong answer. Well, yeah. And, and obviously I didn't bring in enough pennies to actually do an eight by 10 bathroom. No, but, but you got a sampling of enough that they could use that. See, you're already figuring out a way to solve it in your head, aren't you? Well, yeah. My husband's a farmer, so I kind of have to figure out base area and how much seed is going to go there to try to figure out how we, how many acres that will cover, blah, blah, blah. Because of my husband, I figured out that I use math a lot more than I used to. That's great. That's great. I'm so proud of your husband for teaching you that. Well, I, I kind of learn by I have to. Yep. <laughs> and that's what kids and that's what kids need to know that that math isn't just on a worksheet. And if and if all we ever give them is those worksheet kind of problems, they're missing out. They're they're going to come up, grow up thinking that that's all math is. So. Well, you think about well, my brother works at a in. A fabrication place they make front end loaders and i think of all the math that goes into fabricating how much paint oh, yeah. they need to use i mean the angles of the cuts that need to be in the welding i mean it's incredible and that's just one oh, profession yeah. yeah exactly and it's and, it, and it's more and more becoming part of of every profession when they talk about stem education and you know it's not just engineers it's not just uh, mathematicians and accountants everybody is using stem i mean some of the some of the top uses of stem and technology right now are farmers you know and and the farming industry it's incredible so what would your students say about your teaching style um probably they they would say that they like mr and they say this i guess all the time they like being in my classroom because it's it's fun to be in there um yeah, we always learn math, and but I don't I don't drag on and on. I don't talk all the time, um, and they they enjoy uh, the the opportunity to to think and throw out ideas and and to you know and, and we all talk about short attention spans, right? We we sometimes we decry the whole oh kids these days have short attention spans. Well, yeah, we we recognize it. So do we take advantage of that? Do we use it? So. So I'll throw out example problem. You know, I'll be doing an example problem and I'll stop and I'll say I'll, I'll share something completely different and then I'll go back to what I was teaching and, and that really helps those kids, you know, wake their minds back up and stuff. We do follow you on Twitter and yesterday you were working on, was it your deck? Yeah, I was, was, I was building problem. some, 
Oh yeah. I, I mean, I was building, I had to build some, uh, some railings around some, um, some porches, some decks. Actually, I, I, I spent the summer working maintenance at a summer camp. Um, and, and so many things of, of what I do every day are, are take something apart and putting it back together and, and seeing, break it down to its smallest pieces. How, how is it working or why is it not working? Um, like a shower, like a grill, like, um, anything like that, a faucet that stopped working. But, but yeah, I was building a, and, and we had to estimate, we had to figure out, well, how many, um, how much wood are we going to need to buy and, and what's going to be the best way to put it together. So seeing things visually and three-dimensionally and, um, and then making all those measurements actually be the correct measurements and not have to, you know, measure twice and cut 14 times, it's measure twice, cut once, you know. Speaking of Twitter, we've mentioned Twitter a couple times here now. How is Twitter, um, what has that meant to your professional life? I will say that in years past, I always felt like, you know, you'd have that traditional professional development day that comes up every few months, or maybe you go to a conference and then you leave the conference and the, you come off the high, the mountaintop experience of a conference. Everybody loves those keynote speakers, right? But um, every 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 day can be professional development when when you decide to to really engage on Twitter. And 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 I don't advocate spending a lot of time on it because it can suck your time just yes, like just like anything else. So um, there's enough other things that suck our time. So if you know, I always find that if I just hop on, you know, scroll through and look, look for a few interesting new ideas or, or maybe, you know, a couple of inspiring things that other teachers are doing and, and I'll steal ideas. And that's the great thing about Twitter. People are posting things because they want you to steal their ideas because, because they care about the kids in your classroom, just like they care about the kids in your classroom. Nice. And it's meant a lot to your podcast as well. Oh yeah. So, so as I'm, as I'm sharing the ideas of things that I do in my classroom or weird things that I come across that, that Glenn thinks are, you know, oddball things, um, which they really are. I mean, I, 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 I find some pretty- one picture last year, you were just driving down the road and there was a picture, um, on a trailer and it had an X on it. And I yeah, can't remember it, what it was, but you know. it said it, the, the company name was solved for X. And, and as an algebra teacher, who's not going to stop and take it? <laughs> I thought, and I but, thought then only Chris would find that. So. But he's seen, he's aware of yeah. his surroundings. He's not zeroed yeah. in. So, so, so actually my students, so when I, I show them pictures like that, or I show them other interesting things I take pictures of, then they, uh, start seeing those things and they'll come and show me, Hey, look, Mr. Woods, I took a picture of this, or I saw this, or, um, one kid told me this past year, I was walking across the courtyard between the school and I'm thinking to myself, I'm walking on the hypotenuse and it's the shortest distance. And, and I was like, wow. And they're like, yes. I hate it. I hate it. I'm <laughs> thinking this now all the time. I can't stop. That's so exactly that's, the, that's the other cool thing. Plan. You know? Yeah. Plant yeah. They're naturally thinking, and, oh boy, there's math. And, and kids, kids love social media. So when you engage in social media as a, as a teacher, um, they start to see um, that A, you're a real person, um, but B, they start to see some of the real good uses of social media, um, that it can, it can build your quote unquote brand uh, as an educator, help you com- communicate with people all over the the country and the world, like like Glenn, you're mentioning about earlier, uh, the podcast that I do, the STEM Everyday Podcast, uh, and again, thanks to ESDAC for for 
starting me on that and, and keeping it going for over 100 episodes. But I've been able to connect with people um, that I never thought possible um, just because, you know, it's like you just reach out and you say, hey, would you be willing to be on the show? And most of them will say, sure. You know, like just recently we, we chatted with, and it's like part of an upcoming episode, we chatted with a guy who almost won the Nobel Prize. Um, and I, I, <laughs> really? People I mean, that you're I mean, not going like, to rub how, elbows with in your hometown. Uh, no, because my hometown is very small. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing. The internet just opens up the world to so much, and and I can't I can't uh, suggest to teachers enough. Uh, just hop on it and try to find you know like one new person to follow or or two new ideas that you can you can add to your classroom. And don't spend more than three minutes. You know that's just that one two three, real simple of Twitter. Uh, Find one new person, you know, find two new ideas you could steal for your own classroom and spend three minutes or so and get off and get back to real life. So nice. because you're all about the relationships with your students. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do so, you have students my, like teenagers contact you on Twitter or is it mostly professional adults? Well, professional adults. So I, I always draw that that line that distinct kids will sometimes say, Mr. Woods, you didn't follow me or um, I, I have an Instagram too, you know, the same thing, daily STEM, but, and I just post pictures on it and, and, and inevitably tons of my students follow them and, and look at those pictures. And, um, but they're all like, Mr. Woods, are you going to follow me? And I'm like, no, I, I, I need to draw that distinction. I'm an adult, you're a kid. Um, and I need to have that boundary. Uh, I don't want to get into trouble or lose my job or anything like that. So, but they, but they understand that. At least you're honest and yeah. upfront about it. Not that you're posting mm-hmm. anything weird or strange. No. In fact, I just saw my superintendent the other day and he's like, oh, I, I love seeing all the crazy things you're <laughs> you're posting this summer of all the things you're building and making and fixing. And I just love he's, how he's your like, mind thinks. <laughs> well, yesterday, yeah, did you see that? Well, I, it was on Facebook, but I, I was asked a question. Jamie, how many cups of coffee are in this? pot and I said well, I have no idea I push a button and it just does it they go you don't have to put water in the machine I'm like no water feeds to it I have no idea and I don't drink coffee <laughs> so I posted yeah. a video I'm like of everyday math and I thought Chris Woods this is the Chris <laughs> Woods problem I have no idea it's empty when yeah. it goes <sighs> yeah and, and and you know what a lot of people do that now it's it's pretty funny people will, will tag a que- you know a question they'll tag my, my Twitter and I'm like wow so all these people are when they see something they think of me and i, I don't know that i guess that's a little humbling i guess so do your kids think my dad's famous yeah uh, yes uh sometimes and uh, my my students think i'm i'm famous they're like how many followers do you have now how many followers do you have and it's like it, don't worry about it guys it's just it's just something that i do because because you know my students i can i can do really interesting fun things and show them those oddball about things of where STEM is connecting to the real world. Um, but if I only shared it with my 20, you know, five kids per class and 125 kids per day, uh, then, then I'm not helping enough. You know, I, I need to share those ideas with other teachers because there are other kids sitting in classrooms that would love to be inspired too. So now the podcast uh-huh. reached a hundred episodes. How much yep. did you ever imagine it would go that far? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. When I, when I started, it was just like, wow, this is just another neat opportunity and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just try it, you know? And I had been a radio DJ, you know, in college, you know, just for, for fun and, and in my spare time. And, and as a, if you're a teacher, I tell you what, you are, you are podcasting every day, but you're, you have an audience of, of 25 kids 
and and that's your audience and they usually can't turn it off so um but um they're they're subscribed from the beginning of the year to the end of the year but but as a teacher you you talk all the time so it's just natural um i love it it's fun i love finding people doing interesting and amazing things and letting them share their stories so like what you guys are doing with me you guys are you guys are asking the questions and letting me ramble on um that, that's you're what I love rambling. Doing. You're sharing your <laughs> yes. passion. Okay, so you had a recent podcast, and do yeah. you prefer it to be called project or passion based learning? Um, you know, I've I've always used the the phrase uh, project based learning, um, but that's I, I like that idea of using the word passion or problem. Um, I think all those all those words are interchangeable. I think a lot of the, the acronyms that we that we come up with even the STEM acronym, you know, like STEM versus STEAM or how many extra letters do you add to it? I, I just saw somebody post uh, just uh, just this morning, uh, they, they took the word mathematics and, and turned that whole thing into an acronym. And it's like, you can, you can turn anything into an acronym, but you, but you just have to have, you know, what is it, like you said earlier, what's your passion? What's your focus? And, and can we add some of this to everyday classrooms? So. And you were, yeah, it's STEM every day. But mm-hmm. your podcast has all kinds of guests from uh, Mythbusters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're being well, very uh, humble. Yes. Well, so yeah, so you know, just just recently we talked with with Tamara, um, who had been uh, one of the Mythbusters, the search, uh, and and she's actually going to get to be. It was just you know just announced on on Twitter they're going to have uh, Mythbusters Junior uh, somehow working with some kids. Uh, which is very cool. Uh, and she was also on the show uh, Side Jinx, uh, which just came out on Discovery. Um, and then, but then, you know, from someone like like Tamara to someone like Brittany Ballou, who's a who's a teacher, uh, just in a STEM classroom, um, just in in any town USA. And and those that that range of people is just as important because everybody everybody is is looking at, at what's the best way to add and, and when you have that that whole wide variety of voices and, and ideas and experiences that's that's what teachers need they need to hear those examples of, of what people are doing every day with stem glenn you were going to say something okay so if you're a math teacher you're a first year teacher yep. what are some words of advice for them first year math teacher words of advice number one because you're a math teacher, I have to list them with numbers here. Number one, uh, be willing to not assign the whole, uh, the whole chapter, the whole page of questions. Um, be willing to, to cross out questions. Be willing to say, we're going to skip this one and say, because it's dumb, uh, because it's not a good question. Um, too often, kids get hung up on, on those really bad questions. Um, and even, even think ahead of time, which questions really... Um, really focused back to, to what lesson you're trying to get across to the kids. Um, but number two, make sure that you're not just doing questions out of a book. Make sure that you're, you're showing them real world things. Like you, like you talked about, Jamie, um, the, the project-based learning or problem-based learning or passion-based learning. Get them just thinking of something like whatever it is that you talk about, just think of a way. And, and, and it comes with practice. You know, I, I didn't, start noticing math in everything, you know, right from the start. But the more you use that muscle, uh, the better you get at it. Um, and then when you spot something, say, hey, guys, could you figure this out? Um, let's let's figure this out together. Um, and kids kids benefit a lot from, from those kind of activities as well. And then 
Number three, don't talk too much. Cause if, if we, if we give them way too many examples and never give them time to work in class, you know, you're the best uh, help that they can get. Um, sometimes they go home and it's tough for them to get some help on their math. Um, so make sure you give them at least 15, 20 minutes to work on their math in, in the classroom with you uh, before they before they head home and try some on their own. Does that help? Yes. Well, because I know there's a lot of beginning teachers and the pre-service yeah. teachers. I mean, it's so important that we really prepare them for the classroom and what that looks like and what that feels oh, yeah. like. And yeah. <clears throat> your influence could make all the difference in so many kids lives and their futures yeah. to be honest yeah yeah and then and and most most teachers have have projectors in, in their classroom either interactive whiteboard or projector screen uh every single day i put a different picture on my computer background that projects up on the screen so i've always got something interesting something funny something oddball as as glenn would say um something just that just sparks their interest with with math or how math is used or, or maybe something that relates to the day's project or what we're doing that day um, just something fun or funny. What are some of the careers that your students have gone into um, in, in the 20 years that have they said, Mr. Woods, you were a part of, you made me think yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, we have, we have a great engineering university right in town or basically pretty, pretty close nearby um, in the middle of nowhere. If it's, if it's within a half an hour, it's nearby, it's your town. So, so because I teach freshmen, um, when they, when they start with my class and then they keep growing through those next three years, um, they're still in the same school. They're still in the same high school. So I still get to interact with them uh, all along the way. And, and that's, um, that's kind of neat because, because they can, they do, they come back to me, Jamie, and they tell me, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to go in the military or I'm going to, I'm going to uh, become an engineer or, uh, I really like uh, design because of some of the things that we did in our, in our hands-on geometry class that I also teach. I mean, they become everything. And, and I think that's, that's the other thing. Kids, kids that are using welding and kids that are doing carpentry, you know, and, and again, I, I post pictures of those, like you said, just the other day, building a railing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's math in everything. And, and that's, if I've done my job right, you know, I'm not just instructing them, I'm inspiring them. And, and they're finding those those ways that math is being used and everything, whatever their passion is. Nice. So 20 years in the classroom. Yeah. How has education changed in those 20 years? And where do you see it going? Uh, how has education changed in 20 years? Well, I, I did use an overhead projector my first year. I had chalkboard <laughs> my first year. Chalk. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, the second year I was able to get whiteboards. Um, and then, um, you know, I, 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 I never thought that I needed to go from a, a whiteboard to an interactive whiteboard, you know, with a projector built in and, and I can't imagine going back now because I can pop up that, that worksheet as a PDF on the screen and I can write over top of it and I don't have to stop and rewrite the problem up on the board, um, which takes that extra time. Um, to be able to talk about it with the kids and they can see the exact same questions that they're, that they're struggling with. Um, that's how, that's how, I mean, and technology, uh, with the fact that every kid has that technology right at their fingertips, uh, I'll, I'll say often, well, Hey, look it up. Hey, you know, Oh, you're, Oh, you're interested in, in that. Um, let's look it up, you know, and I'll pop up Google images on the screen all the time and, and, Oh, this is neat. Oh, that's neat. You know, one kid last year said, uh, 
Miss Woods, could you could you live in a bus? I was like, sure. Let's let's see what Google Images has. And so we <laughs> looked at you know repurposed buses, and and you wouldn't believe some of the craftsmanship that's gone into what people have done to to turn a bus into a camper or or a, a, you know one of those tiny homes. That's basically what it is. Is people are so creative today, and with the internet you can see all sorts of examples of creativity. And, and that's, that's, I think the biggest thing that, that we can, we can build off of and, and use with our, with our kids, show them what, what people are doing every day out there in the world. Cause, cause they're, they're stuck in that little town that they live in, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, right. they're stuck in, in their school, in their mindset. And the more we can open them up to everything everybody's doing out there. And, and again, Twitter does that too. Podcasts do that too. It's, it's incredible. Okay. I have another question for you. Go for it, Jenny. Okay. Do you even have to manage your classroom? Are there any disciplinary things? Or is there, because they're so engaged and they have such a relationship with you, you probably don't have issues. Um, I will say that that when a kid gets, you know, sent from my class to the, to the principal's office or or I, you know, I turn in a detention slip for a particular kid, a disciplinary referral. Uh, the the assistant principal or principal, whoever's dealing with it, will will tell that kid, "Are you serious, Mr. Woods? Never, you know, <laughs> has to send a kid here. What what did you you must have done something, you know, terrible? Why, how how would you not treat Mr. Woods with that same respect that he treats you? And 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 maybe that's the maybe that's the goal of what what we all should do as educators. If, if we're treating those kids with the respect that they deserve, um, and, and then, then they're going to treat us with respect back. If, if I show them that I'm, I'm trying my best to, to help them, um, to be all that they can be, um, then, then they're going to, they're going to treat, treat me that same way back. Uh, you're, you're seeing the big picture like you do with math. Yeah. You're exactly. seeing the situation. And patient. Yes. And patience have patience with the kids they're they're growing they're learning they've they've got so much to learn and we don't know what's going on at home we don't know yeah. what's going yeah. on i mean things that happen in yeah and, and of course we always have great days too right oh, i mean every all day's adults. Perfect. right <laughs> yeah we never have a bad day we never get angry with <laughs> other people and we never have to go to the principal's office as adults so no we put ourselves in timeout. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Time out. Time out. I got to get away for just a little bit. But they don't have those skills. And and when you're in a classroom, you can't just go. You can't just yeah. remove yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll, and, and I'll often say to the kid, you know, and here's another good idea for for new teachers. You know, I'll often say to a kid who's having a hard time staying awake or um, or paying attention or whatever, I say, Hey, why don't you why don't you just watch the drinking fountain and get a drink and Sometimes that just, you know, again, we talk about that, that getting up and getting some, some movement or I'll say, get up and sharpen your pencil, even if it doesn't need to be sharpened, you know, well, I have a pen, Mr. Woods. Well, pretend you're sharpening it. Get up and walk around a little bit. <laughs> it's all about creativity. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chris. Well, we've been talking over 30 minutes now. Uh, okay. Taking up your time, but I have one more question from you for you. No, no problem. No, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy uh, being able to, to share and, and hopefully it is helpful and encouraging to, okay, to I do have one more thing to question him about. Oh, go ahead. That's, that's really? fine. Go for okay. it. You okay. had a grandparent that had a NASA connection, didn't they? Yes. Um, so my, my grandpa, um, he, um, you know, grew up in a little town, um, went to, you know, went, you know, went into the Navy and, and learned some things, ended up working for a, 
just a cable company, you know, manufacturing, and and they needed somehow uh, their their company was was doing some contract work for NASA, and so he made some of the cables. So he made like the the brake cables, throttle cables, steering cables for the the moon rover. And 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 I love that story because because it shows that just anybody doing any job uh, can do something really amazing. And right now those cables are still up on the moon, waiting for somebody to go back and drive that thing. So and I love telling that story, and, and I and I'm so glad I. You know, and this is another thing. Any teacher can be a podcaster because you could just have your and your students can be podcasters because you can have them just record with any device, just an interview with somebody. Um, and I interviewed my grandpa, just had him tell the stories of of um, of the different things that he had done, and for a podcast, and and you can find it in a STEM Everyday podcast. Just search for Gene Clark because that was my grandpa, and um, he he's sharing these stories and I'm recording them and my, my mom and my grandma and my aunt are all listening in the other room and we get finished and they're like, I never knew all those things. Like they had never heard some of the stories my grandpa was, was talking about. And then, and then even once, you know, once my grandpa passed away, I can always go back and I can listen to that and, and hear my grandpa telling me those stories. Um, what an awesome, awesome thing that I was able to do. Um, and, any, any teacher, any kid can do that with, with people in their lives or, or take them to a senior citizen's place around, you know, nearby and have them ask some questions. It's a great way to add um, history and, and all, those other, all those other aspects, um, those soft skills even, the, the talking yes. and communication skills too. Well, I love that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always a good one. Okay. So my last one, um, and you know it because yeah. I'm stealing it from you. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit down with someone from STEM, past or present, uh-huh. who would it be? Yeah. Who would it be? Well, I would love um, to to have um, some of those uh, some of those NASA um, astronauts who stepped foot on the moon. Um, I'd love to have dinner with them or or have them come into my classroom um, because most of those guys didn't start out. Um, you know, out to become engineers and stuff. They, they were in the military or they were, you know, just fighter pilots or, um, but they were, but they were disciplined and they were daring um, and they were willing to take on a very scary challenge. Um, and, and then they had to improvise and stuff. Like I love, I mean, if you've seen the movie Apollo 13, I mean, just what an incredible story. Yeah. Right. Is that awesome movie? Yes. And, we, and, and I love it sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Just the Houston, we have a problem part. Or? Oh, it's just all parts of it. It's, oh, it's yes. we, we, we have a creative row of thinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's good. But it's a great movie because it shows kids that, that sometimes you have to, you know, be able to figure things out. And I love how they're doing math up in space and they're not pulling out calculators. They're, they're checking their math on, you know, paper and pencil and, and you're not always going to have those resources or you have to be able to fit the square filter into the round hole. And that's, those are, those are, those are lessons that those kids need to see. Um, and, and I would love that. Nice. All right. Well, Chris, thanks for your time. Um, yeah, again, definitely. If, if thanks for having to, me. If someone wants to get a hold of you um, on Twitter, or just ask you a question or something, how can they do that? Oh yeah. Uh, find me on Twitter, uh, just at daily STEM. Uh, so just look up daily STEM and, and you'll find me. Uh, and again, I love I love um, answering questions. I love pointing people in the right direction if they're they're trying to find a particular resource or an idea for how to add you know this or that to their classroom with some STEM or um, 
or if they want to be on the show. I, I, I always love great uh, new guests sharing their STEM stories and experiences in, on the podcast. So, and, and the, the podcast can be found, you know, right there on, on SDAC's websites and such, or uh, you can search iTunes or uh, your favorite podcast app to find the STEM Everyday podcast. All right. Well, Chris, again, thank you for your time. And maybe we can connect yeah. again sometime when you hit 200 oh, yeah. episodes. <laughs> and then we'll have, he'll be our, yes. our 100th episode. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll have to something for you guys for your 100 episodes. You're almost there. Yeah. yeah. 18. But yeah, yeah, we're getting we're there. 20. We'll celebrate I, I, 20. 20. Yes. <laughs> Ce- celebrate everyone. It's, it's worth it. All right. Well, Chris, thanks a lot again. Have a great day. And thanks everyone out there for listening to us. And again, you can find us as well on iTunes or Jamie's favorite. iHeartRadio. Until next time, talk to you later.